Patriots, and it is, it's Wednesday, September 7th in the year 2022. Tonight I'm going to be repeating Sunday night's show. It was a good show. It was a perfect time to place it in and, and do a repeat since I'm going to be traveling through the time of the show when this airs. I'm headed up to Morgantown, West Virginia, and then by Friday I'll be in Plymouth, Massachusetts for the event with the Resistance Chicks. The Covenant. This trip is revealing so many things. And if there's one thing that it constantly is pushing before me, it's seeking that intimate and breathing, living relationship with Jesus. I just can't stress that enough. My personal opinion is that we're, we're timid to reach to it and to ask for it and to seek it. And so I'm just going to lay that out before we start tonight's show. Seek it. Because it's there, it's amazing. So many events lining up in ways that only God can do on this trip as a constant reminder of his greatness, of his glory, of his grace. And the biggest part is it's available for everybody. It's not exclusive. There's not some sort of elite VIP club. God loves us all. So with that, we'll do a quick promo and then we'll jump into the show that aired on Sunday night, but I think it's worth hearing again. Before we begin, Patriots, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep and you've got the rocking pillows to make it happen. And that means you need the best pillows on the market, mypillow.com. Hey, by the way, Bed Bath & Beyond has closed 150 stores. And what that is translating to is that's 150 stores for my pillow customers that we don't have to worry about, and we're going to be rocking it. So anyway, check out this message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. My pillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to mypillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard my pillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my premium queen, only $24.98. Or my premium king, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. That's mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. You know where to check it out. You know what the promo code is. It's the awesome promo code, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that in a bunch of places, too. I mean, we're going to have to offer like a Bard's discount card. And then we'll just list all the places that take Bard's promo codes. That might be a good idea, something like that. Patriots, there's some crazy stuff going on tonight. And I was actually not kidding about, well, not that I would be, but not kidding about um, Bed Bath & Beyond. Check out this. So the CFO for Bed Bath & Beyond, let me get his name. This is... Gustav Arnal, he's 52. The dude jumped to his death from the 18th floor of the Jenga building in New York City. Now, they say this is because that the, the retailer was having to cut 150 stores, that there was 
a 20% of its workforce they were laying off? Maybe. But, you know, every time something like this happens with some higher up, I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's really what happened or if this kid was, if this guy was diddling kids. And you have to ask. It's real. It's really real. Now, in a more pertinent issue right here at home, one of our own, and I'm, I'm very serious right now, um, Donna Bo Libby's. She's one of our longtime followers. I'd like you to bring up some prayers for her. Um, she's lost her sister tonight. Very sad. And um, she's having a hard time, and she needs our support. And so um, let's just do a prayer. How's that? You ready? Father, we just ask that you'll just hear our prayers tonight for Donna and this tragic loss of her sister. Just give her strength during this time and give her clarity and um, let her feel that strength of Christ and that strength of you in all that she's going through. These are difficult times, and for whatever the reason, when we lose somebody close to us, it's always hard for us to bear. And just let her know that she's not alone, Father. Not only does she have the community of Bars Nation, she also has you and Christ Jesus. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Donna, we hope you are doing okay. So anyway, we're kind of back to the news a bit here. But those are real issues, and we have to look out for one another. Here's where I'm actually, I'm not going to dig too much into the news tonight. I wanted to kind of share with you the day. Last couple of days are pretty awesome because I went from Arkansas to Alabama. And then on Saturday, I arrived in Georgia and down in Thomaston area where I was able to go back and link up with Pastor Travis Graham, who you heard on the show. I went back to Valley Grove Church where I was for two years. That was kind of my foundation. And then I linked up with my good friend, Mark, who is, uh, he was a special forces sniper and medic. And we had originally met in Afghanistan. And then we went on to work together years later up at Fort Meade. And it was really good to see a lot of the people. It's just a small country church. Uh, Valley Grove Baptist Church in Thomas and Georgia is a small, very traditional country church. And it's not that, I think when you look at churches, you have to really ask, like, what makes a church? And so much of what it is is the people. I, as you know, I'm, uh, I'm very openly hard on churches. I'm not hard on Thomaston. Not because I have preferences, because there's something very unique. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other churches, but it's something to really keep in mind here in Thomaston. And I experienced it again. Thomaston is a tr more traditional, what I would call an American rural church. There is really, there's no hype. Um, in fact, the, the new youth pastor that they brought in, Adam, who's really stellar, and, and I absolutely love this today. He played worship music. The guy plays a banjo, and he's excellent at it. And all the worship music was played with him strumming the banjo, and he sang as well and led worship music that way. 
There's a real down-to-earth sense at Thomaston. It's one of the reasons I stayed there and was able to do so much work there and gain so much. And it's something we're missing a lot in our faith in our churches. The other part is that the church as a people, and I've mentioned this before, but even though the congregation will change over time, when I was there, there wasn't a person in the congregation that had not suffered the loss of a friend or a relative or endured the pain of a family member dealing with the addiction of drugs, in particular meth. And that's a testimony as well to the war that's been waged on our small towns and into our values in this nation as drugs have been poured in to intentionally destroy us over time. And that's a very humbling experience. Now, these people were there for me in one of my worst times of my life. And the one thing I can say about this church is no one ever judged. They, always, they all met me where I was at when I came to that church. And I was at a bad place coming out of that deal in Denver and really resetting my life at that point in time. So it's a pretty amazing thing that from that point, which was literally five years ago this month, I came to Thomaston. And three years ago this month, I left Thomaston. So three years later, I returned to Thomaston to be able to give them a testimony on all that I've been through and all that got accomplished. And I, I'm sharing this with you tonight because there, I was able to, I was asked to give this testimony today in church, and it was, it was an amazing and wonderful experience because so many of the people that were there when I was there five years ago are still there today. Now, many have been, there have been a number who have passed away. And, uh, and that's been hard on a church like this because many of these people were, they were integral to the personality of the church. But there's new blood coming in, which is good. The biggest thing is congregational size. And this was one of the things I talked about today, which is that it really doesn't matter the size of the church, though I think the smaller churches have a lot more going for them because they have the personality, if they work together, to really make a difference one-on-one. You don't get lost in the crowd. And I'm not again, I'm not taking away from any church if it's working for you. We don't find in this time enough churches that we can point to and say that's a good church. And Travis is a good pastor. He's he's got courage. He was bringing up. Uh, he went after DHS today in his in his sermon. He went after the Truth Commission idea. He talked about you know the influence and in, of propaganda, and he he talked about the importance of walking in the true line of Jesus. And it's when you listen to these sort of sermons and you have a pastor who is grounded and he's leading a congregation, it doesn't matter the size, and it's the grounding is not complicated. Grounding is literally in the in the love and relationship that we have with Jesus. And what's really interesting is that I was I was able to sit here today and, and just reflect on what this trip is about for me. And it was a special day too because as I've mentioned to you, there's 12 Bibles that I carry. Today I delivered number six. And that Bible, as in through prayers, was designated 
one of those Bibles was designated for Valley Grove Baptist Church. And that is because so much of what they stand for were the fundamentals of what made this nation great. It is hardworking people, many of whom are farmers, that have that very solid, earthy salt and, and solidness in, the, in all. And it's pretty moving when you encounter and you're able to talk to a congregation like that. You often don't see the, the they're not involved many times in the scope of social media the way we are. And to be able to share with them the success of Bard's Nation, which I did, and was able to talk about what's been developed here in this community. We now link this community with Thomaston, with Valley Grove Baptist Church, as it will be linked in time to others. These are beautiful things because this is God working. And what's... And so I'm really kind of just giving you that testimony tonight, but also pointing out that these people were are a, a very unique gathering of people in a church that truly made a difference in my life, but this is not just mine. Out of that church, there have been eight pastors that have come out of that church, a church that has always had a congregation of 100 or less. And if I was, and we talk about ministry and what we do here, I would be number nine. That's a really significant contribution to the kingdom. And if we should all be seeking that, quite frankly. Um, right now, in this nation, where we are is a place where Getting right with Jesus has never been more important. And one of those things that we really face is the bigger questions, which I touched a bit on Friday night in Fishers, which is really our accountability for all that's been sacrificed for us. When we walk around and we watch how the world is, I think it's important for us to recognize that there has been very real spiritual warfare going on to save humanity. And what I feel, we, I feel very strongly about this from prayer, that there is coming a point right now where there, is a, there are both tears and there is righteous anger coming from heaven. And some of it is directed right at us as humans, as God's children. And one only has to look around at kind of this nonsense of living that we're in right now. I was talking to someone earlier before the show and, and laughing about the, you know, I'm staying at Marriott's right now. And over the years at Marriott's, I have accumulated way too many points and spent probably way too much money in travel at Marriott's. And I end up with all these status points. And, and I was just laughing at the, how important that is to many people. So Marriott now, it used to be that the highest level at Marriott was, was platinum. And you could do that after like, and it was like eight years of, of 50 nights a year or something like that. And now the new level is titanium. And even higher, you can actually have an ambassador elite title at Marriott if you spend $20,000 and 
and at least 100 nights a year. And, and, and I say all this because it's, it's complete ridiculousness at the end. These are the sorts of things that give people purpose and identity. Like, I'm part of the Million Mile Club. I'm not. But if a person says, I'm part of the Million Mile Club at, at, in United or American Airlines. I mean, okay, wonderful. And, and I think the first question we should always be asking is like, are you traveling with Jesus too or what's the deal? As humanity, we, we've really become wrapped around the, these badges of honor. I guess the the status of a job, the title of what we carry, the car that we drive, the clothes that we wear, the shoes that we have, where our house is located, the credit cards we have. For example, you know, do you you have a credit card black? Is your is your if you're really special, you might get a carbon fiber credit card. I mean, like I care less on any of this. But this is what ends up defining a lot of who we are. And these are the status benchmarks, especially as you get closer in proximity to the cities. All of these little items begin to become the representation of your success and your acceptance of accomplishment within society. And they have no meaning in the kingdom. None. Other than great what else did you do? Because all of that is literally going to be burned away in the fires of redemption when we face Father. And it's really an important point to be aware of because it is easy to get trapped into these things. And they mean nothing, quite frankly, other than they boost our ego and they make us feel important or special or whatever that is. And they all represent a whole heck of a lot of money. I swear sometimes I think I could have bought a Marriott hotel for the amount of money over the years that has been spent on travel. And of course, you know, much of that was part of contracts and things like that. But nonetheless, it's just, this is the world in which we live. When I'm at Thomaston, and one of the things that is so refreshing is that at that church, as I feel the same way when I'm on the, here right now with Bards Nation, there is a real just honesty in, in the relationships. There is no pretense to what people drive. People don't care how much money you make. You can't tell. There's some very successful people in that church, and you could never tell. And it's not because they're working at it. You know, you've seen those guys. Those guys, at least I think you have, but I know I have. We see those guys like they want to, and, and I'll use the hotel example again, like they're going to check in. They, they want to look like they're not wealthy, so they're going to wear their special, like they're going to look like flip-flops, but the flip-flops are actually like $300 flip-flops. And they're going to wear the jeans that kind of look like they're worn out, except they're a custom-made jean. They're like $450 a pair. And you're going to wear the shirt that looks like it's relaxed and it might be a little bit wrinkled, but actually it's like a Tommy Bahama shirt at $120 a shirt or $180 a shirt. And they want to look like, you know, like they're going to down dress, but they're not really down dressing. They're just wearing a fashion style that has as much statement because all the name brands and all the things that they buy it and where they bought it and who they, who they 
bought it from and the sales relationship, all of that has a story that's important for the identity of who they are. So it's all fake. But they want to look like they're not like they're not they're not running with the with the fast class. That doesn't happen when you're in with real people. Real people that are working like the farmer who might come in and he's still might have his shoes. His shoes might be a bit dirty. He could be the wealthiest guy in the room, but you're never going to know because he's still wearing his overalls and he put his straw hat to the side so he could be there in the pew to be in presence with Jesus and, and in prayer. This is the what the older way used to be. And that's one of the reasons that I enjoyed so much today, the visit to Thomaston and the church, because nothing has changed. It's been consistent. And the message is still consistent. The message is an honest relationship with Christ, which is what we all should be seeking, nothing more. So I was able today to talk a bit. For those that didn't know my story, when I came there, I was able to give that. But there are some other things that I think are really important that have come about from that that I want to share tonight. And, and one of those is what we've talked about here, but in a little different framing. For two years, we fought this fight with the vax. For two years, we pushed to keep people from taking the vax, from not wearing masks. And I talked about some of this today because we see this very much here because so many of us in this location here on Bards FM in this gathering that we have, whether it, however that takes the form, have had to deal with taking the hard line of saying no and doing the right thing by putting our eyes on Christ. And yet there's still so many that have, quite frankly, made that choice to take the vax, to wear the mask, but here's what's real. We're in a situation right now where one of the fundamental pillars of our society and of our life, the family, has been literally shattered. And it's been shattered over extremist views by those that have taken the vax or worn the mask. It is essentially saying that you didn't conform to what we want, so you must be ostracized from the family because you're a threat to us, even though they took the vax and are supposed to be safe. I don't know of anybody who didn't take the vax or anybody who didn't wear a mask who was rejecting people who took the vax. There's been concerns about things like shedding and, and there's been concerns about the, the potential of getting contaminated from these injections by others. But still the courage of those that didn't take the vax are like, whatever, I'm, we're going to be fine. Our immune systems are big enough to pick it up. So where we've arrived now, we can't change. We are at a point where we're stuck with the reality that we're in, and it's not necessarily a great reality. That means that we've got a portion of the population that has taken the shot and taken the boosters, some still seeking the boosters. We have people still walking around with a mask. It's like 100 degrees and humid today, and we've got people walking around with a mask, not in the church, but out in the town of Thomaston. But that's just one of many places. This happens all over. And this has become part of our new normal. 
which is pretty tragic. And at the same time, we have the children who are being indoctrinated into the various aspects and damaged like CRT, QRT, or QT, and then damaged by the persistence of vaxes or masks, right? So here's really the only, here's the gauge of where people need to be. And and I'm going to frame it like I framed today because I know that people in that congregation in Thomaston took the vax and I know people didn't. And I know that there is a rifting and behind the scenes there's rifts that have occurred within the church, vax versus unvaxed. And so it's really this simple. And, and I will tell you this would, I think if God was going to speak this, he would say pretty much this, fix it, would be a pretty direct statement and probably on point, fix it, which is heal the family. Because God doesn't play politics. He doesn't have a pharmacy. He doesn't care about this stupid stuff. What he cares about and where the, the statement of evaluation is, is whether you wore a mask or didn't wear a mask, or whether you took the vax or didn't take the vax, I think you have to evaluate this in a couple of ways. Did you, was your decision based in any way on fear? And were your eyes on Christ when you decided what you were going to do? Was your decision made in any way on fear and were your eyes on Christ when you decided what to do? Now, I say this because I think most of us here can say honestly that we had no fear of this pandemic and our eyes were on Christ. But when you're dealing with a family member, a friend, quite frankly, or a professional, those two questions are all that need to be asked. You don't even need to ask them. You don't need to get into a discussion about somebody of whether like, you know, are you pro-vax, anti-vax? Because we're past that point. And even though the CDC is rolling out new injections and supposed to be out in here in the next week or two, new dosages, whatever they are, what you know is it's going to make people more sick. That's all they're doing. The simple fact is, again, whatever decision you made, did you take, did you have any fear in your heart, or were you walking fearless, and were your eyes on Christ? Now, I can tell you that while people can tell me that their eyes were on Christ, I will tell you if they took the injection almost 100%, they're not going to be able to answer that and say, no, I had no fear. I don't believe it. Because there was a motivation that did it. And especially when you add to that next layer, which is God does not have a pharmacy because he doesn't need one. Then you have to ask what you're worshiping. We need to get back to that sort of basic common sense and how we react, relate to people. And part of that process then is to create accountability within the way we live. We are not going to get ourselves back to a moral point or starting point in this nation unless we start creating accountability. And that's the one thing I will tell you about like the small church in Thomason is there is accountability. And one of those was accountability of showing up every week, both to Sundays to adult like Bible study and then to the sermon. 
the other part of this message today that I was conveying to, to Valley Grove was what they were offering others. And I think it's worth us remembering this piece is that we need to meet as they did with me. We need to meet people where they are. We're not out here proselytizing, trying to beat somebody over the head with a Bible. We're trying to meet them where they are because many people have a, are in a different place and it's not going to be, they're not going to see their pathway to Jesus the same way. And quite frankly, it's not for us to decide how that works. We just need to help them get on the path, at least sprinkle the seeds because Jesus will take care of the rest from there. And through that working with Christ and through Christ to the father, they will be transformed from the inside out. So that means we have to start engaging with many people and start realizing where people are at their point in time and realizing that just sometimes encountering, working with somebody who's carrying Christ in their heart can be transformational. It's, it's not necessary, at least in some of this work, to be able to have to every time say, hey, 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 beacon, 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 do you love Jesus? The beautiful thing about getting being around somebody who loves Jesus is it's fairly addictive. It's really quite like dealing with prayers you know or being in a church when you sing hymn. You literally transform a space. And that was another thing that I felt a lot today was how in this simple congregation so many of the feelings were transformed. Now, in a small church like this, they don't often get to see successes of what they're part of. And that was another part of what I was talking about today is that in these small churches and we do the same because we tend to get ourselves in political issues or emotional issues where we put ourselves into islands or stovepipe and it's difficult to see over the horizon what impact we're having thomason's can be that way because it is a small church in the southern part of georgia in a place where a lot of people don't even know what it is or where it is thomaston georgia And it's difficult to appreciate that when you see your congregation numbers going up and down and you're struggling just at times financially just to keep the doors open, it's difficult to appreciate what's happening in the world, let alone what your church is doing and is part of. Right now, it's difficult sometimes for many to realize how many in the world are coming to Jesus, and a lot are. And it's, a trans, it's one of those powerful byproducts of a pandemic where, and, a, and the alienation of families and friends where people ended up wandering and they're looking, saying, now what? And they're starting to find each other through different forums and very proudly here in Bard's Nation to where there has been the building of fellowship and a rekindling of family and redefining even the concept of family to build strength. And so in a church like in Thomaston, where those numbers are few, their impact is huge. And it's because what they provide is the honesty in the relationship with Christ without any fanfare or fluff and meeting you where you are. Now, again, 
Many people have their favorite preferred church, and it's fantastic. And in no way is this story trying to paint the picture as if Thomaston is some perfect ideal or nirvana. But it is a reminder of the magnitude of what a good church can be and is. So that takes us back then to Bars Nation. Because what we've developed here is rather significant. We've developed an online fellowship using chat, using off-program chat or chats or gathering places on Telegram and in other places. People have gotten to know each other for real. We've had Bards Fest. People got to be and see each other for real. And this nurturing and fostering that's happened as we work with one another is what every church should be doing. Effectively, what we're doing is we're creating this sort of virtual temple of worship of God. So it's something we need to cherish and hold on to. And it's hopefully something that people will realize the responsibility. And with it, we've had an amazing development of our mod network to where they themselves have become an active part in many people's lives. And I'm grateful for all of that. We have become a virtual space of, of a place to worship God and to embrace Jesus. And I will tell you, I have had many testimonials of people talking about coming back to Christ as a result of this amazing community. That makes it something worth defending, something worth fighting for, something worth building. And that's going to give us strength as we move forward. It's also something to share as you get the opportunity, especially when you deal or work with people in churches. We're not trying to we're not trying to get rid of churches. The truth that we talk about here is the corruption within, unfortunately, I'm going to use the term many of the churches. I don't want to say many, but it's true. Where the principles are corrupted, the true teachings of Jesus aren't there. And instead, things are built on that sort of financial models or it's built on the the premise that numbers are more important than the true relationship to Christ. We have to keep that focus here as well, that we're always needing to put our relationship with Christ first. And in these, so it's an opportunity as you're part of this to be able to share this outwardly to other churches to give them a shining light of hope as to what fellowship can actually look like. So it becomes something that each one of us is part of and each one of us can point back to to say this is how we do fellowship. I want to point this out in particular because in a typical church scenario, there's usually a Wednesday and then there's a Sunday, two sermons a week. In and I'm, I'm sure in other churches, there's some have more programs, some have multiple programs on a Saturday. But for most people going to church, it's typically going to be one program on Sunday and if they can make it on Wednesday. This is something else I shared today, which is if you want to talk about 
those that are really living fully within Christ, one of the amazing things about Bard's Nation is that many of you, many are here, not for just once a week, but rather for multiple shows a day, every day. That, that's a phenomenal concept that a church just doesn't see. And a lot of that has to do with the proximity to what the worship is and the ability to listen to whatever you're listening to in, this, in whatever program it is and to be able to do so in your living space, in your home, as you do work, which is a very unique way of, of consuming the content or embracing the content, sharing the content with ultimate stories around Christ. And it's a good thing, again, to share with others. Because the one thing that stands out about Bars Nation is that there's a dedication and a, and a strength that has evolved out of here. It's unlike most, if not all, online communities. <clears throat> and it's definitely a shining example for other churches as to how much can be accomplished. And it hasn't come easily. It's taken a lot of work. And that work is not just limited to myself or a handful of mods, but that work is also shared by everyone in this community and in this fellowship, which I'm grateful for and which is also equally blessed by Father himself. Worship doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't need to be fanfare-driven. It needs to just be honest. And the relationship that we have with Christ needs to be honest. And hopefully that carries out in everything that we do throughout an entire day. Walking with truth, being truthful in your heart, Speaking truth, those are important things that have become increasingly difficult in this time. And they shouldn't be. They should be fundamental. So, take what is here and realize, one, how much, how special it is, what have we created here, and how much each one of you have been part of it. Two, take what we have and share it. Because unless we share it, it's not going to be appreciated as to what and how much you can have a living and active relationship with Christ and how living through Bar's Nation in the way that we work, how, how that constant interaction with each other and regular interaction with each other in multiple programs a day is a level of worship and commitment that few churches can talk about, and yet it is significant in people's lives. Finally, take to heart the gift that God has given us here because it is significant. And it's a, an amazing gift that we need to continue to nurture, honor, and steward for, its, for all that it has become because this is a place where we've overcome barriers to physicality. We've overcome barriers even to time. We're doing this show tonight in the late hours, and for those of us on the East Coast, <laughs> me tonight, also into the next hours of the into the early hours of the next day. These are huge paradigm shifts for the way we typically see worship, and they're ones that needs to be nurtured and built up upon and shared so that others can realize. The potential, and it's not to say that this type of relationship here is what everybody wants, 
but it is something that we have done that works for us, and that's the most important piece. And for that reason alone, as we have that continued love of Christ in everything that we do, it's essential that it becomes shared for others to appreciate it or to build their own version of it. So they can join this or they can join their own version of it so that they themselves can experience this type of nurturing growth and fellowship. So that's kind of been my weekend, and it's been a great one. It was a weekend to reconnect with some people that were significant in my life. It was a weekend to meet some new people that have come into this world, into this local community. It was equally great just to be in a presence of a church with a pastor that kept the focus in a simpler, in a relatively simple message, which is typical of Travis's style of just keeping your eyes focused on Jesus. And as we are doing that in both a metaphorical and physical way, we're quite literally walking as we are intended to be, embracing Christ in every breath and step. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today very humbled, grateful for all that's been given to us here. And a fellowship that we've seen evolve over the last three years from literally 100 to 30 million plus downloads as a, is such an unbelievable growth and expansion in 120 different countries. We just pray for the many that are part of this amazing network to also take and share the gifts that they have taken and, and received here with others to inspire others. And it should be our role, Father, as we just ask for your guidance, that we are inspiring small churches in particular that have the core values of pursuing Jesus. To give them hope and to give them strength in understanding how important their role is in the kingdom. It's easy when we deal with big churches and big names. It's it's unescapable that the eyes see these vast numbers of people And we assume that this is going to be mass impact. What we too often forget is that it's the smaller places where the relationships are intimate and true and pure with Jesus that are making some of the greatest impact in the kingdom. So, Father, we just pray for the many patriots out here that are walking with Christ to continue to help expand that connectivity with the growth of the kingdom and the relationship that each one of us have in whatever form it takes. Bless Thomaston, bless Valley Grove Church in Thomaston, and bless the congregation of Valley Grove for all that they have given to many, in particular me, and all they will continue to share as long as they keep their doors open. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, it's just very clean walk that we're in in many ways right now. And there's a lot of noise. We know it. There's a lot of distractions. We know it. But in the end of the day, it's ultimately about us, our relationship with Christ, and our accountability to God. That's pretty simple. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. We are at war. 
Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bend and Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Tides 
the freeway, let it ease my mind We run away sometimes When belonging becomes something to find We always come back to what we know Keep it close on the cold days, darling 